Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Foundation Phase series of the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Abdul. And my name is Anu. It is an exciting time to be an MS1 right now. The fall colors are in full display, hematology is in the rearview mirror, and the first clinical week of Foundation Phase is in full swing. This is probably when MS1s finally start to feel a little more settled into medical school. It also happens to be the time where many students find themselves feeling anxious about the last big thing standing between them and finishing their first semester strong, the cardiology block. Today, we have the great pleasure of speaking with the co-directors of the block to address some burning questions and bring those cortisol levels down a few notches. Dr. Rose Jones, Dr. Homeister, thank you both so much for being here. If you would, please tell us a little more about who you are and what you do here at UNC. Yes, thank you so much. First, Peter Abdul and Anu. Wow, what a great series you all are offering. So thank you for putting this together. I'm Dr. Lisa Rose Jones. I'm an advanced heart failure and transplant cardiologist, and I also spend part of my clinical time treating pulmonary hypertension. And in addition to um, my clinical endeavors, I spend a lot of time in education. So I'm the program director of the Cardiovascular Disease Fellowship at the University of North Carolina. And I have the distinct pleasure of teaching in the foundation phase with the cardio block. I'll turn it over to my partner in crime, Dr. Homeister. Thank you, Dr. Rose Jones. Yes, my name is John Homeister, and I'm in the Department of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine. And uh, I have some role in research, run a research laboratory, investigating mechanisms of cardiovascular disease. I attend on the autopsy service for my clinical work. Uh, and I also have a fairly a strong role in education, both in the medical school and the graduate school and the dental school, uh, teaching pathology. My particular interests are in cardiovascular pathology, and so that's where uh, the cardiovascular block comes in. Uh, I think I've uh, been co-director of that block with Dr. Rose Jones for the last three or four years. Well, we are definitely delighted to have you guys with us today uh, to talk about this topic. We certainly remember hearing stories about the long and difficult cardiology block. But in hindsight, we think those stories might be just a little bit blown out of proportion. Hopefully, this discussion will help dispel some of the more frightening rumors students may have heard about this block and put their minds at ease. And to jump right in, the MS1s are just coming out of the hematology block, and from what we experienced last year and heard from conversations with them recently, it was definitely challenging and might be something that we jokingly say we'd like to forget in the short term. How would you recommend students apply what they recently learned in the hematology block to have more success in the cardio block? What concepts from heme do you think are especially relevant in cardiology? Yeah. So as you might expect, uh, the curriculum is designed to not have a great deal of overlap in content between blocks. Um, so uh, whereas in the heme block, the focus there was on the content of the blood, the plasma and the cellular components of it, and the balance between the liquid and the coagulated forms of the blood, uh, the focus in the cardiovascular block will shift to be more on movement of the blood around the body uh, and abnormalities of that conduction system. Having said that, the most relevant concepts that do overlap are first thrombosis and thromboembolism, uh, both the causes and effects of that. You learned about uh, the process of thrombosis in the heme block. Uh, and then also uh, concepts that have to do with the efficiency of oxygen delivery to the heart and peripheral tissues. So you learned about hemoglobinopathies, anemias, uh, and hemorrhage are things that stress the delivery system uh, and may lead to heart or peripheral tissue damage if 
uh, oxygen needs are not being met by the delivery system. So other strategies for success that you, that you can apply to cardiology block are things like good study habits, which I'm sure you've all have a solid handle on by now, but keeping up with the workload, working together in groups of students, studying together so that you can learn from each other. Those, those kinds of things are going to be particularly important in the cardio, cardiovascular block. Uh, the block is particularly challenging in that it will require much more integration of material from different fields, for example, the autonomic nervous system, uh, in order to really master an understanding of the cardiovascular field in general. So uh, some students kind of tend to think, why are we learning about the autonomic nervous system in, at the beginning of the cardiovascular block? Don't ignore those topics at the beginning of the block and let yourself get behind. They may seem a little peripheral at first, uh, but, but they're there for a reason, and they will become very important as the block goes along. In some ways, the cardiology block can feel like the classic picture that comes to mind when someone thinks about learning in med school. You know, we talk about the heart anatomy, cardiac cycle, the physiology behind the lub-dub. Thus far, MS1s have learned about some foundational principles of medicine, the immune system, and the hematologic system. How does this block differ from the previous three blocks? Should students take a different approach to navigating the cardio block? So yeah, as I just mentioned, the, the block, cardiology block, pulls concepts and knowledge from, from multiple fields. So you really, in immunology, learned about the immunology system, and in heme, learned about the blood. Uh, in the cardiology block, um, you'll need to understand how multiple fields like physiology, pharmacology, neuroscience, and different systems are integrated to interact for optimal function of the cardiovascular system. For example, the nervous system controls function of the heart and the blood vessels, and you'll we'll learn how pharmacologic agents uh, that act on the nervous system affect the cardiovascular system. So you'll need to apply some basic science that you previously learned in the cardiovascular block. Uh, so that's also a little bit different. Uh, for example, you'll, you'll use concepts that you learned in physics uh, to understand the function of the cardiovascular system. Things like understanding wall stress and pressures in closed containers, uh, determinants of resistance in tubules, that type of thing. So you, you'll be learning how uh, things you learned as an undergrad really apply to uh, systems in the human body and disease processes. Um, important for all blocks, but perhaps more critical to cardiovascular block, you should focus on understanding the concepts first, right? Doing so will develop a framework for your knowledge on which you can hang specific facts. So try not to just memorize tidbits and facts that you might have been able to get away with doing in some of the other blocks. It'll be really hard here because there's just so much information you need to wrap your minds around. So focus on concepts uh, and then hang the facts that you need to know along on that framework that you've developed. Uh, an excellent also uh, resource for students is a document that we put together and is available on the Canvas site called the Roadmap. There's lots of uh, information about the block and particular approaches and, and ways to study that will be helpful to you. Before we delve into some deeper topics, could you briefly comment on the structure and logistics of the cardiology block? Sure. I'll take this one. Um, first, I'd like to remind students that the heart is a relatively simple pump that transfers blood from the veins to the artery, and that pump is regulated by an electrical conduction system that coordinates the contraction of the chambers of the pump. 
The structure of the course is to move through this systematically. So we will spend the first week talking about the fundamentals with basic physiology. How does movement happen from electricity? And then we'll put into action with walking through an electrocardiogram. We will then spend two weeks really delving into the wiring and the conduction system, and certainly when things go wrong with that. We will have a test, and then we'll move into cardiac structure with a good dive into anatomy, atherosclerosis, and we'll start unpacking some of the more complicated physiology topics like flow dynamics. We'll continue exploring more of the physiology of the heart, uh, especially as it adapts to multiple variables like heart rate, stroke volume, preload, afterload, diastole, and systole. Uh, And we'll also start to learn about acute coronary syndrome or when a plaque in the coronary artery becomes unstable. The following week, we will move into atherosclerosis in other places like the vasculature, and we will meet systemic hypertension. We'll stop and test our knowledge, and then we'll proceed into the final couple of weeks where we'll look at when the pump fails, i.e. heart failure, and valvular disorders. Our very last time together will be spent looking briefly at the pericardium and then putting it all together with ensuring we understand our auscultatory exam or using that stethoscope that you purchased for PCC, listening to murmurs. We'll have three tests. The first is a homegrown exam, but it's very much written in traditional step one format. The second test is an NBME exam. And then our final is also NBME, but It will be 50% cumulative, and the other 50% will be on material mastered since exam two. We have multiple small groups along the way that will help to truly understand the clinical impact of all of the cardiovascular diseases we are meeting, and it'll help solidify our understanding of the material by putting it into practice. Thank you so much for that breakdown. So the cardiovascular system is incredibly complex, as you kind of alluded in that breakdown. And this block is quite an introduction to the multidisciplinary nature of cardiology and a number of new things, chest x-rays, EKGs, anatomy lab, extensive pharmacology, etc. In your experience, where do students struggle the most and what would you say is or are the recipes for success for these trouble areas? Yes, such a great question. Many students feel that this is the most difficult block just because of the sheer breadth of material covered. It's also one of the longest blocks. And I was no exception to this when I was a student. Cardio really pushed me, but I loved every minute of it. I think EKGs are pretty overwhelming to everyone when they first are introduced to them. I highly recommend the additional resource, the Dubin's book, that um, we will have laid out for you in, in in our roadmap. That will just help you to walk through systematically and understanding basic EKGs. And really important, this book will aid you in the years to come, okay? So when you step away from EKGs and you have to come back to it in clinical time. And truthfully, EKGs are just a must to understand for everyone. No matter if you're going into psychiatry or orthopedics, they're here to stay. You have to be able to read your patient's electrocardiogram. And while you're right that the anatomy lab and pharmacology are both pretty extensive subjects that are very heavily embedded into our curriculum, Drs. Kernick and Fiordalisi break these topics down incredibly thoughtfully to make them entirely manageable. I find that the complex physiology is probably one of the hardest big picture concepts that students struggle with. However, my recommendation is Take your time, go through the modules that we have developed for you. They're narrated by our very own wonderful Dr. Moorfield and set time aside to read. 
Yes, I know. It's 2022. I said read Lily on the points that you struggle with because it can really help you to grasp these trickier topics. That book is written and prepared by medical students. So I think you will find it really great in how it breaks those extremely complicated topics down. So speaking about all these different topics and concepts, we're especially curious about the high-yield topics in cardiology, not just for exam-taking purposes, but also when it comes time to rotating in the wards. Oh, gosh, all of it. (laughs) Okay, that's not really fair, right? I'm a cardiologist, so I'm biased here. But um, we will introduce you at the beginning of the block to what historically STEP has thought was important and what topics students have come back and said, hey, I saw a lot of this on the STEP exams. From an application phase and really truthfully practicing clinical medicine, I think one good rule of thumb that's always important, and you've probably heard Dr. Kuntz say this a lot in PCC, is to make sure you know the things that can kill the patient and quickly. So along those lines, pay particularly close attention to myocardial infarction, arrhythmias, thus EKG interpretations are really important for both of these aortic dissection, and heart failure, of course. So be able to use your stethoscope, murmurs, cardiac auscultation. Following up on that, when it comes to studying and these high-yield topics, many medical students tend to gravitate towards third-party resources. And I know you mentioned um, some resources uh, earlier, but how should students go about incorporating lectures and third-party resources in their learning for this block? Are there some third-party resources or textbooks that are best suited for certain essential topics like the EKGs and physiology that we've been talking about? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think that this is probably the most important question with the most important takeaway. One way in which medical school has really changed so much compared to when I came through is that there are just a myriad of resources. While it's wonderful that students have so many options, I see that it oftentimes overwhelms some students and is really a source of anxiety. Things like the Lilly textbook or first aid are great for giving an overview. In fact, you can kind of walk through Lilly and see the outline of what the major topic breakdowns are by paragraph, and it'll give you the overarching themes. For example, there are basic ways to think about the large topic of antiarrhythmics based on their mechanism of action. Sodium channel blockers, beta blockers, potassium channel blockers, calcium channel blockers. So then it helps you to conceptualize that big picture, and then you can break it down further. But students really have to individually figure out what works well for them. I think um, Aaron Fox in one of your last podcasts really talked about that. You know, it's going to be different for each and every individual. Sometimes constant question recall is a good mechanism to test what you do or don't know. And I fully support that, but I would certainly caution against using that as the sole mechanism for learning. We want to help you develop really strong, solid, foundational building blocks. And that's going to come from the lectures and the Lily reading. The prep questions, whether it's through UWorld or Anki or whatever source um, you're accustomed to using, that will help you to figure out how to put those concepts into practice, apply them to medicine, but also very importantly, how they can be tested. Biggest piece of advice, don't think you have to use all the resources. Typically, the most successful students will use the lectures and one or two other pieces of kind of complementary support to learn. We provide a couple of specific recommendations, things like Costanzo's physiology for additional support in that realm. 
And again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big believer of um, Dubin's the rapid EKG interpretation um, because that's just going to be something that you're going to continue to use throughout your career. I can definitely second that, the orange EKG book. But one of the elephants in the room that we haven't talked about yet is the length of the cardiology block. And this will be the first time that MS1s encounter a roughly six-week or so block, but who's counting? It's going to be fun regardless. How should students promote wellness through this particular marathon, and what should they do if they find themselves falling behind? Ah, yes. So first and foremost, I would say develop a realistic schedule up front and try to stick to it. Make sure in that schedule that you prioritize time from stepping away from the material, whether it's to exercise, get some fresh air, read some fiction, play with your dog or your kids, make dinner. Research has shown that stepping away from material from that cognitive load and then coming back helps with retention. It allows the mind to refocus and you're going to come back really ready to go. So it's just like any job, be in tune to time management. Try to stay up to date with the material because that will help you to avoid the feelings of being overwhelmed if you put the learning off and find yourself forced to cram. And I just want to remind you, this is material that is going to be with you, that you will actually be using for the rest of your life. These are things that are going to help you to save lives. So you really want to develop mastery of the material and not just memorize it. And if you find yourself struggling, we have an amazing office of academic excellence at UNC that is ready to jump in and help you find your individual path to success. Generally speaking, what do you think scares students the most about the cardio block? Any words of wisdom or reassurance to reduce some of the anxiety that some students may feel? Yes. Uh, and I think some of my answer here will refer back to some of the things that Dr. Rose Jones has talked about. But certainly, it's a long block, right? There's a lot of material, a lot of content. Uh, and of course, you're getting towards the end of your first semester, and it's been a long road. And so you may be getting a little tired and a little burnout. out. So again, I think just focus, getting a good grasp on, on the cardiovascular block material relies on integrating knowledge uh, from many different fields. And that will be a struggle for some students. Some students haven't developed the skills to really uh, be able to do that. And so um, focus on understanding concepts and integrating the material from the different fields. That will be important. And if you need some help with that, uh, as Dr. Rose Jones mentioned, there's certainly um, resources available for you. But we understand that it's a long block. There's a lot of material. There's a lot of challenges. Just know that if you keep up, you put together a plan, uh, you'll do fine. Uh, stay on top of the material. And again, focus on material that we cover in class. Uh, Dr. Rose Jones um, references to third-party uh, materials and how to best handle that and use those as excellent uh, advice. Definitely pay attention to materials that, that we emphasize in the class. For example, the small group sessions uh, and information that we present in review sessions will be uh, very helpful to you. And again, uh, the resources that are available on the Canvas site, like the roadmap, will be beneficial as well. And switching gears for a moment, as MS1s are approaching the finish line of their first semester, they may feel a little nervous about how to keep up with everything they've learned thus far for specifically the purposes of step one. How should students be thinking about this as they go about learning cardiology? Is there any merit to even thinking or doing something about this at this time? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Everybody has a focus on that upcoming step one exam, right? So while the curriculum is divided into blocks that you're going through, and exams tend to focus on certain information in those blocks, take a look and step back and look at the big picture. As you go through your three semesters here, you're building for yourself a knowledge base that feeds and grows upon itself. It's, it's cumulative, essentially, even though you may not be viewing it that way. And that is what will prepare you well for step one. So don't compartmentalize what you learn, but look for and think about relationships between what you're learning among the different blocks. Focus on the learning concepts uh, and how to think about problems and then hang facts on that framework. That will make the facts much easier to learn and retain versus just trying to memorize things along the way. So on a fun note, what do you personally love about cardiology, both as a field and as a block in the foundation phase? Oh, gosh, the heart is just a remarkable organ. Um, it's amazing to me that we're able to tweak firsthand the physiology that you're going to learn about to, to really make real and impactful changes in patients' health. Like we can legitimately manipulate wall tension in Laplace's law to help resolve patients' angina that they experience with chronic ischemic disease. Or, um, my personal favorite, we can pharmacologically block neurohormones that are upregulated in heart failure. I cannot even tell you the personal gratification with seeing on a chest wall echocardiogram the heart pumping function going from severely decreased to 15% sometimes when I first meet patients to several months down the line with these neurohormonal blockade agents that it recovers and becomes normal. I mean, it's just the best field ever. From a block standpoint, the last thing that I'll say is I just really enjoy getting to know and to meet the students. So I would really encourage the students, you know, in between lectures, even if you don't have a question, come up, meet us. I promise we're friendly people. We don't bite. Um, and I just, I really like to get to know each and every one of them. So please, um, please come up and say hello. So the cardiovascular system to me uh, is, is intriguing because of the application and utilization of the scientific principles and knowledge that we kind of all learned about, right? The physics, the electrical system, the fluid dynamics, pressure, resistance. And all that feeds into the structure and function of the, of the cardiovascular system, understanding the physiology and pathology of the cardiovascular system. So uh, it, it, for me, it's based on those very scientific principles. And therefore, we know a fair amount about the cardiovascular system and how to manipulate it. Some other fields in medicine don't quite have that scientific foundation. We just don't know that much about the underlying science that supports the, the physiology and pharmacology uh, and other aspects of the field. So that, that's what's so interesting about it to me. There, we, we know a lot about it and we know how to manipulate it to solve problems. On the research side of things, I, I have a lab that studies kind of inflammatory and immune disease processes. That's what really interests me. Uh, and there's a lot of inflammatory and immune-mediated disease processes that affect the cardiovascular system. So it's easy for me to put those two things together. Uh, and that's, I think, why I've got such a, a, I get so excited about the cardiovascular system. Well, that's so exciting. I'm sure the MS1s, although maybe a little bit hesitant to go into cardiology, are definitely excited to start. And with that, those are all the questions we have for you guys today. We'd like to leave some room now for you to share any other thoughts or insights that you might want to share 
about anything really, whether it's this block, medicine, life. Yeah, so I I will just say, because I know uh, right now as the heme block is coming to an end and you've got these what seem to be a really long uh, six weeks ahead of you, that just remember there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that it seems so far away. Remember the reasons why you went into medicine. You're here to make a difference, and you will. Um, and your future patients are just going to be so incredibly lucky to have you, and we're really excited to teach you everything that there is to know about the heart. Uh, I guess my a little bit of advice would be don't worry about where you're going right now. Enjoy medical school. Uh, take it all in. You'll have plenty of time and plenty of experiences when you get into the hospital to figure out exactly where, what part of medicine you want to be in, where you want to head. Just don't let it get you down. Uh, enjoy what you're doing right now, and you'll get through it just fine. Enjoy the journey, right? The exactly. destination will come. I think that is a great note to end on. Again, thank you both so much for being here and sharing some of your time and wisdom with us today. You both are wonderful humans, and we're so grateful to be able to share that truth with the rest of the world. Um, And we know that this will be an incredibly valuable episode for the MS1s as they head into the final block of their first semester. For now, though, MS1s, take it easy, enjoy your clinical week, and get excited for a fantastic learning experience. To our listeners, that was Dr. Lisa Rose-Jones and Dr. Jonathan Homeister, and a quick snapshot into the cardiology block. My name is Anu. And my name is Abdul. Be sure to follow the Tar Heel Prescription on Instagram to keep up with our speaker highlights and latest episodes. And please give us any feedback or suggestions for episode topics by either contacting us directly or filling out the Google form that we recently circulated. With that, thank you for tuning in today, and we will see you next time on the Tar Heel Prescription.